Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation between me and my dad, where we talk about the post-jazz game and all things sports-related. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad. Another episode of After the Game and the Jazz two-game winning streak as they beat the Brooklyn Nets 125-102 in Utah for their second win in a row. 23-point win, and it wasn't even that close. At one point in time, the Jazz led by 34 points. Heck of a game. I have some thoughts, but Spencer, what are yours? So this is the seventh game lost in a row for Brooklyn. They didn't play with Durant or with um, Harden, so that kind of shows where they're at. Still a great win. I think it might have been one of the best um, first halves Jazz have ever played this season. They were without Gobert, without Clarkson, but they're – um, role players like Azubuki and Forrest and Butler, they kind of all stepped up and played pretty good. And it was great to have Mitchell back. What'd you think, Dad? Yeah, having Mitchell back he reminds you that he is an all-star. How many points did he have? So he finished tonight with 27 points in 22 minutes. Yeah, he didn't play that much. Somewhat unheard of. I don't think he played the fourth quarter at all. It's hard for me to figure out when he was in or when he was out. Only 22 minutes, 27 points. He was eight for 10 from the field, six of seven from three, and played a terrific game, shot lights out. He really started the the game well. It's like you said, they had 68 points in the first half and um, finished the game with 125 points. Tremendous play from really everybody that stepped on the court tonight. And it's been fun watching a Trent Forrest and Jared Butler, even Eric Paschal tonight play really well. This could be a blessing in disguise. When I say this, COVID-19, health and safety protocols, concussion protocol, the loss of Ingles. You hope this galvanizes the team, brings them together, and that at any point in time, we can look down the bench and put anybody in. Yeah, I was going to ask because I'm, we mentioned that the Nets are on a seven-game losing streak right now. And I guess around the league, people are kind of nervous for the Nets, but you're not really nervous for the Nets, you know, because they are the Nets. But how how nervous or how – what was your attitude for the Jazz after they lost about 11 of the last 12 games and now they've won two in a row? Are we Should it be something that we should be concerned about, those, those 11 losses in sh- such a short span, or is that all wiped away? once Mitchell came back and once we start to come back? There's definitely concern. And when you're in it, there's even more concern. But one consistent thing which I kept stating to myself and to you was, let's get healthy. Let's get healthy. Let's see where this team was when you're healthy. And I think many teams have experienced this or are experiencing like we have been. And I think sometimes you forget about that. You only think about your team and the struggles of your team. To have gone through what we've, went through and still be 32 and 21 fourth in the West. That's really, really good to come out of the disaster that January was and now start a new month and have Mitchell back and we'll get Gobert back. Um, and a shout out to two of the two of them for being uh, all-stars and making the all-star team. Third one for Donovan Mitchell. I think the second one in a row for Rudy Gobert Uh, To have two all-stars on your team, you got to feel good about that. So 
what were your thoughts during the 11 out of 13 games that were lost and how you felt about this team? Kind of confusing. We didn't know what exactly was going on with Mitchell. Um, he was in concussion protocol and it seemed like that just dragged on. We know that you can't really just jump right back into a concussion um, after a concussion. I know Mitchell's had scares in the past of concussions. So maybe I wanted to talk a little bit more about that, about how, uh, where we think Mitchell is mentally with the jazz, but um, I thought kind of similar with you, it, it seemed like it was just lack of health that kind of brought that on us. It wasn't something that was just because we were bad. It was just because we didn't have a full strength and Gobert wasn't playing. So that definitely was what triggered a lot of the losses. And we also had a tough schedule. We played against, um, Memphis played against the Suns and the Warriors. So we had a couple of good teams that we played against, but um, feels good to win two, two back-to-back games. Um, I think a lot of teams are in the same spot where their normal roster isn't hundred percent over the next couple for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You look at the jazz who are now 32 and 21, as I mentioned, The top team in the East are the Chicago Bulls at 33 and 19. So they'd only be two games out of the top position in the East if they were playing in the Eastern Conference. And the team that we beat tonight, as a Jazz fan, we can somewhat be concerned, question, lament. But can you imagine being a Brooklyn Nets fan? You have Kyrie Irving, Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, these great players and they're 29 and 23 Harden didn't play tonight earlier in the day. I saw an article that there were trade rumors. You wonder if he really is hurt crazy that a team would trade Harden away, but it just goes to show how fragile a team can be with three superstars. If it doesn't click, it doesn't click. We saw that with the Clippers years ago when the jazz ousted them in the playoffs. Sometimes These super teams just don't work. It'll be interesting to see what happens at the trade deadline. So, Spencer, is tonight's game a fluke, just a good game, or is it a sign of what's to come for the Jazz? I think it's more of a sign of what's to come. We saw the full potential of our players. I don't think it was a fluke. I just think it was just kind of a rattling point for us. We all realized how good we can be. And it was just a reminder that we can actually play at that level. It, it would have been, I mean, obviously the game was in the back from the beginning. We, we went up eight, nothing. And then you kind of got the vibe right away that it wasn't going to be a game where we'd have to really worry too much about, but mm-hmm. I think each player was excited to play and it wasn't just because they knew they're going to win tonight, but it's because they knew what type of team we can be down the stretch. And that helps. Yeah. But Clarkson didn't play tonight. And we talked a little bit about this. And I know you have mixed feelings about Clarkson, but would the game have been closer had Clarkson played? Because we won, we were up by about 30 pretty much the whole second half. Would you, do you think it would have been us only up by 15 or do you think we would have been up by 50 if Clarkson had played? Where, where would the score have been had Clarkson played? Yeah, I'm not so sure it's about where would the score have been. <clears throat> Certainly interesting to think about that. I think it's more of would the flow have been right And would the score have ballooned as much as it did? As I listen to people who 
cover the jazz, as I read about what writers and individuals say about the jazz. And when they talk about Jordan Clarkson, what's, what's, what gets lost is last year was the sixth man of the year, played really well, but he, he actually doesn't shoot well. Even last year as the sixth man, it wasn't like he shot lights out on a consistent basis. And one of my thoughts tonight was there weren't that many bad shots taken by the Jazz. They went in, so they all look good and look like good shots when they go in. A lot of them went in. But you will see Clarkson do what he does, which excites us. But also, if you break it down, it can hurt the flow of a game. It can take another play out, player out of his rhythm. And we can actually shoot ourselves out of a game if he's not on. I'm just feeling a lot of words here. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. But I will tell you, you read about it or listen to people talk about him. He's not that efficient, which is hard for me to say because I like him and he's my guy. But it's it's hard. What do you think? I think a lot of players were able to play a little bit um, with less. I don't know what the right word is, but it just seemed like they flowed a little bit more. And that sometimes is broken up when Clarkson is in, especially when he's the dominant bench player. He kind of takes the alpha seat when he comes in off the bench to have the ball in his hands most of the time on offense and to take the majority of the shots. But overall, I think a lot of our bench played above average tonight. I mean, we talked about Pascal, he had 16 points. Um, uh, Butler and Forrest, Forrest had eight points, Butler had five, but they were just, they were solid points. They weren't just random coming in. Um, what did you think about Azubuki starting instead of Whiteside? We know Whiteside's been out a little bit. I found it interesting that he didn't start. I found it interesting that Azubuki started. What did you think about that? Well, I was going to ask you that too. Was that, was that Quinn's decision or was that the coach's tonight's decision? Well, I think, I think you say Quinn, you say Alex Jensen, they're interchangeable. So I, maybe your question is that. The, uh, I like that. I, I, like I don't, are you, you're saying that Alex Jensen made that decision and Quinn might not have made that decision? Maybe, but I, I overall, I think it was a good decision for Clark for, excuse me, Whiteside to come off the bench. I think it kind of puts a different perspective for Whiteside and he's a little bit more dominant. I mean, if you look at the Nets though, they didn't really have, they don't really have a strong um, center position. Their, their, their offense and their defense is primarily just based off of um, the three guards, but yeah, I mean, you have the greatest player in the NBA in Kevin Durant. Right. So what, what, you probably don't need big-time center in that aspect. He's seven foot in and of himself. They have Claxton, but it looks like Claxton got hurt. You know, you said something that maybe – if Alex Jensen made the decision, it actually sounds brilliant. I think so. Why would I, why would I start Whiteside? Why, would, why wouldn't I put him in his natural role? Yeah coming off the bench and start as a bookie. And it worked. I mean, Clarkson came in and as we said, uh, had a good night. He had 15 points. And I also think it allows, it allows Mitchell to come out and do his kind of thing when he doesn't have to worry about someone like Whiteside starting with him. Cause a lot of times Whiteside will clog the lane or he'll clog the offense a little bit and then be not apparent on defense. But I think with as starting along with Mitchell, it kind of just let, 
the tension shift to where Mitchell was the one controlling everything. And, and it was just, Hey, I, we still got a big man in, but overall Mitchell gets the, gets to kind of dictate what's going on yeah. rather than having to look around for white side or worry about driving and seeing white side in the way. It was just yeah, good point. Weird. You, you said this early on at the start of the season, white side tends to clog the paint. And in some reason, Rudy Gobert doesn't that Rudy Gobert sets so many high pick and roll or high screens or high pick and roll. He knows how to maneuver in and out of the lane if someone is driving but you're right. When Whiteside's in there, that paint gets really, really sticky. And, you know, Mitchell early on was able to feed Azubuki. He trusted Azubuki and it, it definitely helped. What did you think, changing gears again, what did you think tonight, a great night, by the way, if you look at his stat line, about Eric Paschal and maybe Eric Paschal's play tonight and Eric Paschal's play over the last couple of weeks? Um. I, for some reason, I feel like he just plays better when there's less pressure on him. And I think that comes when Quinn's not there. So he had a couple of good games to Quinn out. And I think when you just kind of put him in off the bench and you just say, hey, listen, um, you, you're just going to go in and just play your game and just be aggressive. You're just there to kind of, um, I mean, not take over the game, but just be in there. He plays really well and he, he hustles and, and he definitely wants to make an impact. I mean, he had 16 points tonight. Didn't really have any rebounds or assists, but he was still consistent enough. Um, I don't know. What do you think of him? I think, I think he has potential and I think he's starting to realize it, but it just comes down to the pressure that he has when he's in the game. You know, I cause a little bit of um, discussion here. He played 19, 20 minutes tonight, productive. Rudy Gay played 10 minutes tonight. Yeah, Only five, not five. so, not so productive. We've been talking about this over the last few weeks during our struggles. You really want Rudy Gay to blossom with this team and to be that guy and to pick up the slack. And definitely now with Joe Ingles out, a little bit more will you know, be on Rudy Gay's shoulders to play a few more minutes and do a little bit more. I've just unfortunately been underwhelmed by his play. I think he wants to play well. And when he gets in, he had a beautiful baseline shot tonight. He does a lot of things well as a veteran. He knows the game, but there's just, he just, it's that last click to click into a game that he just can't seem to get a groove of on a rhythm of good shooting or good defense or good rebounding. And therefore I think Pascal is earning more time to play. So when we get healthy, and I'll ask you a question here, you go Bogdanovich, O'Neal, Gobert, Mitchell Conley, which I heard a stat today that we have the most starts by a core five in the NBA, even with all of these injuries, which is crazy. You then are now going to bring off the bench um, Whiteside and Clarkson, and you usually will bring Rudy Gay, and I think you will continue to do that. But Pascal has worked his way into that rotation, I believe, by the hustle play that he's had of late and what he's been able to do. What do you think? Would you play Pascal equal minutes to Rudy Gay, less minutes, or more minutes? If I was the coach, I'd go to him and say, hey, listen, we want to play you more. And so that kind of gives him a little bit more eagerness. We talk about Rudy Gay being the 
the career he's had is kind of at the it's already eclipsed obviously but he's he's definitely he's definitely made his money and he's definitely made his point in the NBA I think Pascal still has a little bit more to show and I think if you give Pascal the opportunity to show it not just saying hey you automatically get these minutes just go in there and play I think it's just hey listen Rudy Gay's going to be playing over you because of what he's done with the career but we want to get you to a level where where you're fighting for those minutes as well and that's yeah. where I think he comes in yeah boy, I don't know it's a tough one for me because I like Rudy Gay Wait, I like playing him. zero so Pascal was he's played a couple of minutes like uh, games with zero minutes and you can see why sometimes when he goes in and just immediately misses and comes right back out but yeah. I think you kind of just let him I don't know just let him grow into this position you don't just give it to him yeah I I, I there's two things that we're talking about here which I thought I could mix them into one, but I can't. <clears throat> Pascal has been good. Glad that he's playing more and he deserves to be playing more. But what do you do with Rudy Gay? What do you do with Rudy Gay? Signed a two-year deal with us. So he's here this year and next year. You can always trade. But I just don't think he's, well, this is me talking, he has not done what I wanted him to do. And I wonder if the Jazz brass are seeing the same thing and going wow what do we do with rudy gay because guys like jared butler and elijah hughes and right. trent forrest you got to give these guys some minutes now even though they're not the same position as rudy gay rudy gay's got to be sitting there going wow what do i need to do to make sure no one questions my ability yeah it's it's, it's tough i mean rudy gay is definitely he's tall and he's a body in there and he's been somewhat what we wanted to go someone we wanted to go to when we had go bear and white side out but he just isn't producing at the level we want him to and 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 i don't know you you want to give other players a shot to make their their um give them like a good opportunity to grow i don't know it's tough and, and i guess now we can jump into kind of what we think will happen how many more days until the trade deadline i think it's like 10 yeah, it's on the 10th, so it's really next um, Wednesday, that's 7, 8, nine, next Thursday. Do you think Do you think Rudy Gay should be on the discussion board for a trade, and then who else do you think it could possibly be there? I know Joe Ingles is injured, so he's on his last con he's on his contract year. So what I've heard about Ingles is there still could be a team that picks him up. They know he's not going to play and they immediately waive him there's still they still carry that salary but it's very attractive because it's it's an expiring contract and he probably wasn't going to be traded to a championship contender anyway you never know that um so i do i still think the jazz move him but i also think the team that picks him up waves him and i think it gives us an opportunity to go back and re-sign Joe Ingles for another year or two before he retires. So I wouldn't be surprised. Some people say maybe we've seen him play his last game in a jazz uniform. I think differently. I think he comes back to the jazz and re-signs with us as he rehabs his uh, ACL. Um, but I, I think, I, you know, it's a question mark. There are guys like Elijah Hughes and, and um, Jared well, Butler. Let's do this then. If you, in a, not in a, totally perfect world but in a realistic a, a realistically achievable perfect world who would you want to who would be a good piece to get right now for the jazz 
couple of the guys kind of got picked up today in a big trade from Portland and they were Robert Covington and Norman Powell. Um, you know, who would I, who would you go after if you're, if you're the management of the jazz, yeah, just, this is tough. Everybody's talking about Jeremy Grant, you know, is out there. Um, Eric Gordon's got a big contract, but maybe he's available. I, a lot of people would like Harrison Barnes. I just don't think that, I, I just don't think he's, he's the right guy, even though you hear Ainge has tried to get him when he was in Boston. I don't know. It's always been hard for me around the trade deadline because I like my guys. I don't want to see anyone go and I don't want to try to work anyone new into the system, albeit we need it. I mean, Bogdanovich, his finger is killing him. He's doing the best. You know, we keep saying that. We keep saying that, I guess. Everybody keeps saying a wing defender, wing defender, wing defender. What what is that? What, What is that? Is, is Royce O'Neal not a wing, a wing defender? I don't understand what Royce's job is. Then. Yeah. What you mentioned Harden wants to get out. Do you think that's possible for him to come to Utah? Uh, no. And I don't think we would bring him to Utah. I mean, the, the salaries just don't work. It, this doesn't work. Um, you can't go in a high salary. You've got to go between the 15 and $20 million mark at the high end. And then that way you've either got to let Bogdanovich go or you're, you're looking more like a, uh, could you do like a package yeah, trade yeah there, there might be some things i've just read so much and it's rambling around in my head um but it's clarkson know, on the risk for a trade or on the you no know, i i haven't heard his name mentioned in trade talks at all but quite frankly he would be one that you'd have you have to look at his production as an efficiency and say are we willing to live with this we've loved this guy and and as as and we've grown to really love him, but is he really that good? Or did a lot of his warts and inefficiencies get covered up last year because we were just so good? Right. I don't think you can count on him to step into a game and win you a game like you might have in the past. This year he is just struggling. Then again, you've seen him break out and win games for us. I just don't know how I feel about him right now. I said, I'm mixed. Um, that doesn't mean any slander against him. I'm just mixed about how he's how he's playing right now. So if we could if we could put together a package of Joe Ingles, Clarkson, and and Hughes, who who do you think we can get out of that? Or who do you think, who do you think we can get out of a Clarkson and Ingles trade? You got to find a team that wants that or needs that. Someone wants to clear clear the salary cap. Somebody wants to bring somebody off the bench. Somebody that wants you know a second year player that can shoot. Um, I don't, so, so sometimes we say, Oh, we want that player, but you also have to think, what does that team want in return? You know, it's not just, we want that player. Let's go get him. It's like, well, what does that team need to go get? You've heard, you've even heard the name Marcus smart mentioned Hmm. and bringing him in. Right. Um, What do you think? You think when you read all the different rumors and things, who are you thinking about? Well, what, so if you look at other teams, what do you think Philadelphia will do? I mean, you heard tonight, you've you heard tonight, that one could be the Simmons Harden deal. Nets open to discussing James Harden trade. It's been all over the news. And, you know, does he go to Philadelphia? Daryl Morey, that was the GM of the, of the Rockets for all those years and 
brought Harden in? Does he bring him back and they're reunited in Philly? And does Simmons is there like go? A three, three party trade? Is there is there a possibility that Simmons comes to Utah? I mean, we've joked about it, or at least I have with the family. One thing he brings to the Jazz, you'd have to give up Mitchell, or you'd have to give up Gilbert, so it won't happen. But he brings defense to a team that, for talking about a wing defender, he can defend one through five. He's a baby, though. He doesn't really play. Well, he hasn't played, but he's been working out. Fair enough. So. Well, do you think Quinn is in jeopardy of his job? And do you want him to be in jeopardy of his job? I don't think you ever want to wish anybody any bad luck. So I don't want him to be in jeopardy. I mean, if he's not performing. His team's 32 and 21. All right. I'm just asking questions. And I'm just giving answers. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I think the Jazz, I, so if you, if you had a, make a wish do you wish the jazz would make a move or are you still on the more conservative uh let's be conservative and let's be loyal side i am on the conservative side but they will make a move because they there's no value in holding on to joe ingles and you have to go find a team whether it's a multi-team deal but you have to find a team who wants his contract so that they it's 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 just attractive so they can wave him and it helps them next year under the cap so there will be a move because it it's it's not our benefit to have Ingles sit on our books if he's not going to play in an expiring contract and you think um, you think Mitchell's gonna stay you don't think because there was a little bit of um back talking behind the scenes talking with some fans that maybe Mitchell was done with us but what do you think I saw, and I, I was thinking the same thing. He's been out for so long, but then I learned today that he's had four concussions over the last year or two. So it makes sense that there was caution. I think if Mitchell was going to be traded, that he would not have played tonight. I actually, if you want to get onto the, you know, rumor mill here, I actually think Harden didn't play tonight because he might get traded. Hmm. So Mitchell coming back tonight, and playing the way that he did was a sign to me that he's not being traded. <clears throat> Gobert was on the bench tonight. There's rumors of a rift between the two of them, but on social media, Donovan Mitchell denied that today. So you really, uh, these things get a little bit complicated. I mean, if you're going to go trade Donovan Mitchell, you have to trade him like for like, so you'd have to go trade him for Ben Simmons. And no one in Jazzland wants to do that. I, I, I'm not saying I would want to do that, but if you're looking for defense and a wing defender, he's the best in the business. Right. And he'll probably be rookie of the year this year too. Exactly. Exactly. Did you see, I think um, Golden State, they asked, someone asked Clay Thompson who they would want to trade for to, to help strengthen their team. And I, Clay Thompson's response was the only thing that we need to trade for is a new washing machine. So he was implying that they already have the pieces they need to win the championship this year. So they're looking pretty confident and pretty scary. I mean, the, the three 
of Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson have won championships. <laughs> so, and and Looney, their starting center, was on that team as well. Pre Kevin Durant, you know, you you have guys like Jordan Poole and Gary Payton the third and other guys on that team. So I'd be confident if I was them as well. They're a little bit older. That's the the only thing that's going to stop them is if they get a little bit more gassed and a little bit more prone to injury because of age. But yeah, they are definitely a championship contender. So do you think the biggest move over the next 10 days will be James Harden leaving Nets going somewhere else? Or do you think there's going to be another shocker where maybe the Lakers mix up something or I don't know, like the Suns tried, I don't know, see the Suns doing anything, but do you think maybe there'll be another big name that gets thrown into the trade pool? Well, I think we've got to see what happens to Simmons. So it's a great question. Uh, Simmons possibly is on the move and that'll be the biggest one. Harden rumors are in there. You heard there were r- rumors about Westbrook. So more, maybe, maybe it's, I feel this way every year, but it seems like more rumors and large rumors are looming this year than ever before. What do you think? And I'll ask you as we close out this episode, what do you do if you're the Jazz? I, I mean, you, you try to get somebody out of Ingles, and I think you look to see what the value is with Clarkson if teams really think they can get his potential back and what we can get out of that. And then maybe we, we get rid of maybe Hughes or someone. It's, I'm on your side where I think once we got that healthy starting five, we're pretty much where we want to be. Um, and, but I do think the Jazz love going after names that are kind of eclipsed in their careers, like Gay and like Whiteside. For some reason, we love getting like Joe Johnson. Uh, we kind of just love going out and getting all like the old all stars to kind of say, hey, look who we got. But so maybe, maybe we'll do something like that where we find who was it? It was Harris and Barnes we were talking about. So. Maybe it'll be someone like that just to say we did something and we got a name that most NBA fans recognize at some point in their fandom. But I hope not. I hope I hope we make a move that makes sense and not just a move to make a move and say we made a move. But I can see us getting rid of Ingles and then it wouldn't be a surprise if we traded Clarkson for somebody who's already um, peaked in their career just to say yeah, somebody. It's interesting you talk about Clarkson. Clarkson's been nowhere in any of these trade talks with us. It's well, he's not playing. Why, wait, what's what is he even injured with? Do we know? Say that one more time. Why, is what? Even, why isn't he playing? What's he injured with? Uh, I can't remember. Darn it, I can't remember. Maybe the, th- the thing about Clarkson, you've got to look when you trade. He's like he's like thirteen. 14 15 million so a team's got to say am i willing to take clarkson with two years remaining on his contract at a pretty strong salary and i just don't think that's tradable you would look to bogdanovich at 18 million one year and say i'm willing to pay him 18 million in 22 23 clarkson's contract's a little long to be traded so if you're trying to package someone and get someone from our team i think you have to look at Bogdanovich before you even look at Clarkson for sure wish you said that earlier so that's 
that's the one. I mean, when you look at the trade rumors, it looks like the Harden-Simmons swap is real, which has come out today. So that's one that, that's going to be very interesting to watch. True. Well, do, you, do we know when Gobert's going to be back? They haven't said anything about Gobert either. And Jazz rarely talk about when guys return, so I don't know. I Because I didn't think that his hamstring injury was that big of a deal. I mean, he'll definitely play in the All-Star game. It's so a I mean, calf. Yeah, it was a calf injury. Calf. Yeah, maybe maybe he does. I mean, I think he's too proud and too excited to be an All-Star to, to bypass that. Right. So I think he'll be back soon. We play. So we play the Knicks next. In, I haven't uh, looked at the schedule. Is that right? We can play the Knicks in Utah again soon. I think that's the next game. So, um, they're another team that I thought would be better. The the Knicks, yeah, they came out like really hot and yet have not been so good this year. Yeah. All right. Well, what else is anything else? I think that's it. I'm just kind of seeing what let's before. So we play the Knicks on Monday. So we have, we've had some good time to rest. I wouldn't be surprised that Rudy's Rudy will probably play on Monday. I would think. And then we play golden state. And then we have a revenge game against the Orlando magic. And then we have the rockets and the Lakers and then the break. We should be able to get on a little bit of a roll here. I, I'd love to be able to beat the Warriors next Wednesday night. That would be great. Yeah, if not, that'll probably be our only loss. I think we can beat every team until All-Star break, which would be helpful and huge. And I think tonight really restored a lot of confidence in our team. I think so, too. Yep. Okay, well, well let's see what happens. Thanks, Dad. All right, thanks, Spencer. Good night, bye.